Southeast Radio's morning mix. Southeast Radio. Well, I think I suppose the first thing I'd say to your listeners, Alan, is to make sure you check the register and see do you, is your vote properly registered? Is it registered to the right address? And and if you're registered, maybe if you're young or if you ever voted, make make sure you can go you've gone on and properly registered yourself because it is going to be a bumper year. You are going to have to get out the polling card. You're going to have to go down to your local school or community hall a couple of times this year to register your vote. And I think as most people or many people are becoming more and more politically engaged with the fact that, you know, you kind of can't get away from the news at the moment. And then a lot of very you know, really dour um, news from across the world and people want to have their say on it, this is exactly where you can and you have the chance to do that, is to vote in the people you either agree with or you want to see more from and don't vote for the people that you, you're not satisfied with. And So that's going to come up in a few different uh, guises. As I said, it is going to be a bumper year. It's going to be very, very busy and could be even more busy. And I think we'll know more as we go on throughout the year. For certain, you're going to have to vote in, or at least you're, you're going to have the opportunity to vote in the local elections and the European elections in June this year so that's to vote for your local councillors and your um, members of the European Parliament, your MEPs Um, so they're both going to come around in June Um, And also along with that, people um, not in Wexford, but in Limerick are going to be voting for a directly elected mayor. So that's another thing that's happening. And also people are going to have to vote on a EU patent referendum at the same time, which is a bit complicated. And it's kind of, I suppose, it's just for us to streamline and and reach a a similar, uh, I suppose, way of processing patents as other EU countries. But another referendum that's happening earlier on in the year on the 8th of March, which is International Women's Day, is the referendum on changing the constitutional, um, I suppose, protection on the women's place in the home. Um, So this has been in the works for a long number of years and was is supposed to be been and gone by November, um, Alan, but the government had kind of not delayed, but there was delays around deciding the wording around this referendum. So that's to get rid of an article which says that the, you know, con- there's a constitutional protection and um, that a woman's, you know, uh, the that um, life within the home, women give women gives uh, a woman gives state support without which the common good cannot be achieved, and that the state will endeavour to ensure that mothers shall not be obliged by economic necessity to engage in labour to neglect their duties in the home. Now. Um, I can tell you that certainly that's not something that, as a woman, that applies to me at all. Um, so I think many other women will um, completely agree with me and will be happy to see that um, deleted in our constitution. And it will be replaced with an article which recognises, I suppose, the role of the family in the home. So look, there are two things that you're definitely going to have okay. to vote on. Um, and then potentially, if, if I suppose... Uh, things shake out in a certain way towards the end of the year, we might see a general election. Um, so you'll be voting for your TDs, right. voting for doll representation in that. Okay, I, I mean, you've already touched on some of the uh, big ticket items as you alluded to in your article this week in the Irish Daily Mail. It was in the Tuesday edition of for people who missed it. Um, you've also looked at the uh, Stormont elections, which is interesting. Why have you put yeah. this one on the agenda? Well, I think this is very interesting because, so there was Stormont elections in 2022, May 2022, um, when Sinn Féin became the largest party in the North and Michelle O'Neill became the first minister 
delegate or uh, elect, I suppose, because she's never been ratified. She's never been able to kind of take her seat because Stormont, the Assembly, has never become up and running. Uh, the DUP have never entered into power sharing. Um, and there was a kind of a... This is all coming to a head just before Christmas. The DUP were seen to be doing a deal with the British government. Um, they were going to get a lot of money to, to agree to go into, into power sharing. Um, but that kind of hit a speed bump or a bump in the road just before Christmas. Um, and Chris Heaton-Harris, the Northern Secretary, said that, um, you know, the talks were kind of over for now. Um, but there is a impetus or there's, a, I suppose, an obligation on him because of the length of time that's elapsed uh, between an election and not forming a, a functioning assembly in the North to call an election. And that date falls sometime in January. However, he has kind of come, Chris Eaton-Harris, the Northern Secretary, has come against those deadlines before and has kind of extended them. So he could do that again, but there is a lot of yeah. thought and talk that they could do a deal by then and we could see power sharing in the next month. However, we may not. It may go to an election um, and either that will, you know, solidify Sinn Féin's support or it will, you know, the hardline DUPers might come out in further force and bring up their majority. Now, I want to move back to you. You touched on it lightly there, the local and European elections. Like, I'd just like to get your view as a political correspondent with the Irish Daily Mail on what's likely to happen here in the South, South East. Uh, independent yeah. MEP Mick Wallace, who I'll be speaking to next Tuesday in the programme. Fine Gael Deputy Paul Kyo has been mooted as a possibility. And mm-hmm. Senator Malcolm Byrne from Fianna Fáil. They are three people based here in Wexford, or yeah. with Wexford roots, are rumoured to be considering going forward for election. What are your thoughts on this? So, obviously, Mick Wallace is currently sitting and, you know, does did very well in the 2019 European elections. He was elected on the third count. However, I suppose the world has changed a lot since 2019. Um, and Mick Wallace would be known for his views on uh, Ukraine and Russia. And many people may not agree with him. Um, so that may come against him. Um, in terms of repeating, I suppose, his success in 2019, but that's yet to be seen. It is about, I suppose, um, what he campaigns on and uh, whether people, you know, take stock in what he's been doing and his report card in uh, Europe. Then you've mentioned two, um, I suppose, southeast-based uh, politicians who are not currently sitting um, members of the European Parliament. So you've got Senator Fianna Fáil Senator Malcolm Byrne. Now he ran in 2019, and he actually he had a good show. I mean, he did um, get more first preference votes or had a higher percentage of first preference votes than the Fine Gael um, candidate, Deirdre Clune, who was elected. So that's an indication of the fact that he did have support the last time around. So, you know, it could be repeated again and, and could be built upon. So that's, I suppose, a, a good signal in that way. And Paul Kyo also, um, a, you know, a Fine, a Fine Gael has said or had kind of indicated that he would like the nod. Um, as well, because Fine Gael are obviously coming up against it in Ireland South because the fact that Deirdre Clune, uh, who was a long-standing uh, representative in the area, um, is standing down. Now, I have kind of been looking around this area because Deirdre Clune, with her standing down, is obviously opening up um, a seat for someone else, either from Fine Gael or if it could be poached from another party. Um, and I think one of the things that someone was explaining to me was that as with Ireland South is a huge constituency. You're going from Wexford to Cork to Clare and kind of in that triangle it's massive so Cork has the biggest population base um, in that constituency island so if I suppose you want to fight half the battle before you've stepped on the battlefield you might be selecting a candidate from Cork in order to kind of get that just 
you know, profile in an, in the largest county. So in Fine Gael, um, that could be Senator Tim Lombard. He's a Cork, uh, West Cork um, senator. He has a reputation and a, I suppose, reputation in the area, and he's from Cork. But there's also, um, very interestingly, Alan, there's been rumours or, I suppose, speculation that uh, Simon Coveney um, could could seek it. He was already an MEP. He's a huge profile in Cork. Mm. Um, it's a Fine Gael seat that's been vacated by Deirdre Clune. They'd want to, they'd want to maintain it. They'd want to keep it still. Um, and I suppose the the um, the what would you say the signals at the moment for the Fine Gael party and the Dáil are not great. This was polling isn't very good at the moment. They're only around twenty percent. So um, Simon Covey might take that as a nod to try his hand at Europe again. Although that's not been confirmed, it is heavily speculated. But it would be obviously a huge candidate in Ireland South. So there's the kind of things that are at play there in the southeast and Ireland South constituency. Okay. Uh, to conclude our chat with you this morning, I'd like to look at two uh, areas briefly, if I can, with you, Ashley, and that is the new. TV licence or no TV licence yeah. and then getting tough on social media companies. So let's look at the TV licence situation first off. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so um, I mean this government has said that they're going to be the government that changes or decides on the reform for the TV licence. I think we've all seen in the last six months what happened with RTE and the scandal over the secret payments um, to Ryan Tuberty and what ensued after that and the revelations around with financial mismanagement and corporate governance failings at the national broadcaster. It led many people to refuse to renew their TV licence or buy their TV licence. Um, and I think the losses uh, up to the end of December uh, up to the end of December were over 18 million in relation to, compared to 2022. But, I mean, RTE would have argued that the licence fee was, was a broken and antiquated system anyways. There was an increase in non-TV households and, and, a, and a huge amount of evasion already before the scandal. So um, they wanted to see it uh, reformed anyways. Now, so what's happening is Catherine Martin, the media minister, has said that she prefers exchequer funding. So this mm-hmm. is just taking funding from the general government pot of money and giving it to RTE without having to, you know, assign it to a household or get somebody to pay it out of their tax or anything like that. It's right. literally just taking it from the pot. But that has a lot of opposition uh, from Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael because both the Taoiseach and Micheál Martin, in particular Micheál Martin, the he- leader of Fianna Fáil and the Taunashta, has said that he's very worried about, I suppose, government interference on if you take the money from the exchequer, then the government could change the allocation to RTE. And potentially, like, if it was another government or, let's say, RTE had a very damning reportage on the government, I mean, they could fear repercussion then by the okay. government changing their funding. So what so do you think is going to happen then, Ashley? So I suppose, I, I think it's um, a broadcast charge is something that's being um, mooted, Alan, which is like where you um, assign it to each household, but it's gone it goes through revenue so people can't evade it as easily and the government still gets to collect the physical amount of money that would have been a licensee they don't miss okay. out on that funding so I think that's possibly where they might land here because that is what's favoured by yeah. the two money ministers Pascal Donoghue and uh, Michael McGrath 
Um, so that might be where they land here. However, that yeah. would be a hard sell in an election year. Alan. I have to, uh, I'm waiting patiently now to speak to, to Brendan Howland, who's oh, just yes, listening attentively <laughs> to me. But look, thank you so much for joining us. Just can I get a brief comment in regard uh, regarding uh, getting tough on social media companies? Can I just get your, your, your final yes, thoughts so on that, please? What's happening here is the Commission, the MAN, the Media Commission, are setting up online safety codes, and these will give powers of enforcement to the media regulator over social media companies that are based in Ireland, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter and TikTok. And it will give them powers of enforcement where there is hate speech or uh, hateful or violent or, uh, you know, antisocial content, all that kind of stuff. So it's going to give them, them more powers of enforcement and quite deep fines. So we might see more of a handle on some of the vitriol we see on social media in 2024. And that's obviously particularly important in an election year. Thank you for taking our call this morning, Ashley. Have a good weekend and we'll talk you to you again too. soon. Good morning to you. Brilliant. Thanks so much. Sloan. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Sound.